Hello and welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. I always miss that. <laughs> I see his hand go up, but I'm like, <laughs> we, oh, I, hey, I should I should have just let you so right. you would stare at the just camera for right about at, 10 seconds. Stare at, look at that. <laughs> well, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. We are here, Mass Dog, and we got Mike Sonneville. Yo! Guys, we are your co-hosts of Self-Evident Podcast, also Self-Evident Ministry. We are uh, ministers of the gospel, traveling and speaking about liberty and freedom that God gives us. So if you guys are new to the show, please go to theselfevidenttruth.com. We got some house cleaning things to do here. Theselfevidenttruth.com. You can find out more information about our ministry, what we do, why we go into public schools, why we go into colleges, why we go into churches, why we go into uh, uh, city groups and all these things, because liberty exists still. It's in the heart of man. It's the idea of liberty that God gives us. Also, if you have not checked out our awesome merch yet, you see, I was looking over there because I was like, man, I look good. <laughs> Black made me look skinny now. <laughs> Get yourself a new shirt. We got socialism ones. We got Make, Make America Constitutional Again ones. We got a ton of shirts. Our new sweatshirts are out, the socialism ones, we the people ones. Go on to 1776truth.store, 1776truth.store. Support your boys. Get some merch. We need your help because that's what we're doing here. If you guys want to become supporters of Self-Evident, we need you as a torch bearer. Torch bearers are not only ones who point the light, so that gives us light to continue to go out in the darkness. It also is a warning shot. So you guys are torch bearers when you become a monthly sponsor. Go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. Become a monthly sponsor. Help us get some more kids. Help us get some more people all over the country. Also, follow us on different platforms. There's a lot of stuff. Follow us on different platforms. Spotify, you YouTube, help, let me know. Uh, Apple, Apple iTunes. We're also on Google Play, uh, BitChute, uh, many various, SoundCloud, many various different platforms. I just found out SoundCloud. How many countries are listening to us? Like 20, 22? I don't know. I don't it's remember what I think it was like 20. I, I know we've got like Spain and yeah, Philippines. Yeah, crazy, crazy amounts Australia of stuff. And UK it's pretty awesome. Hopefully now, we'll start getting the Russians, right? Yeah, hey, they need it, right? So, Russia. guys, comment where you're from below. We will take five seconds or so. Share this video with your friends. Comment below where you're from. Share it out there because we need more people to get on here because we're talking about a very controversial topic, Juneteenth. It's not controversial in the way you think that we're going to hit it because we're going to hit it a different way than probably most are. Yeah, we're we're going to cover we're going to cover the history of it. We're going to cover the politics behind it. We're going to talk about this and and the way that it seems to be talked about today. And and we're going to give our own insight on it. You may think, oh, these conservatives, they just hate something that has to do with black rights. Not true. Not true at all. Not true at all. We're going to be talking about this from the aspect of liberty as well as government interference in liberty. But first... I want to do news bits. Yeah, we should do news bits. But I just want to say one thing. The more you guys share this video, the more it breaks the curb. We've obviously been getting silenced. We can see on our viewership. It's been down uh, on this platform alone, just Facebook Live and uh, YouTube and YouTube. But other platforms are skyrocketing. We're, we're getting a lot of views. So we want this to continue. Please share the video with your friends. Get them out there. Get them on. We're also on Instagram Live as well. You guys can get on that. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. So ready to it, hit buddy. it. News bits. Let's do All it. All right. News bits. News bits. News bits. So slide number one. So I don't know if you had heard about this, but there was an English teacher, Dana Stangle Plow, had what? resigned. Yeah, I don't know. The world? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Miss Stangle Plow. Miss Stengel? 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 Stengel. Miss S resigned <laughs> earlier this month from Dwight Inglewood School. Ain't that, that something? That just sounds like a nerd name, right? Dwight uh, Inglewood. Yeah, right. I I see the guy's well, pants we up probably, to his neck. Well, we shouldn't probably say that. He's probably some dude that like helped America. <laughs> probably defeat like, 
you know, racism or something. I'm not he, trying to speak against the he, dude, the nerd. Like one armed in World War II, saving thousands of orphans or something. And we're going, he sounds like a nerd. <laughs> so she, she resigned Sorry. this month from Dwight Inglewood School after the school had started enforcing critical race theory, which you may have noticed that it seems to be coming up more in the news yep. these days of parents speaking out against yeah, critical CRT, race yeah. theory as well as schools trying to implement it. And this school has decided to go full force. Now, after she resigned, a student had written her a letter confirming her worries and concerns. And I think this, the reason I want to cover this is because this letter is so telling of what this is actually doing to students. And if you are concerned about the student's color first, and that determines whether or not what the student says is valid, then you've already missed the point. Yeah, dude. And you're also becoming the very thing that you're speaking against, a racist. It's exactly what you're doing. Because your point is only valid if you have the right skin Exactly. There's something wrong with that, folks. So this is the letter. Dear Mrs. Stengelplow, I truly hope you do read this email, but I understand if you are too busy to. I'm extremely grateful that you were my teacher this year and for the ideas you finally brought to light recently. I hope you realize how big of an impact you made on our community. Unfortunately, all of what you said is true. I know many students that are scared to speak out on their opinions in fear. I've reluctantly prohibited myself from saying certain things in class also in fear of sounding politically incorrect. I see the negative effects of this toxic community in my fellow students and faculty every day. Namely, my eighth grade English teacher taught us for the first two weeks about pretty much how awful white men are. For two weeks, I did not speak a single word in her class. My fellow white male classmates left the classroom every time feeling the same way. For lack of a better word, those teachings made me feel like horseshit, like worthless scum undeserving of living. Later during that year, in my history class, my white classmates were constantly using the pronoun we when talking about slavery. Eventually, I had to raise my hand and remind them that we were not and are not a part of these despicable acts. Most of our parents were refugees from foreign countries whose ancestors were also oppressed and persecuted. This year, I battled with countless generalizing and oppression towards white men. There are girls whom I am friends with that genuinely believe that all men are misogynistic. I see movements on social media like hashtag CAM, which stands for kill all men. People don't realize how strongly that affects boys in an extremely negative way. Wow. Even now, I am struggling and frightened to fully express my opinion to my girlfriend who believes that most white men are oppressive beings. Everyone is talking about your letter, how many, many students, including myself, are extremely grateful for what you've done. My friends and classmates feel much more comfortable expressing their voices, and many minds are changing. So I am once again thanking you for trying to improve our school. I wish I could put into words the extent to which I admire and thank you. I wish I could describe to you the good that you have done. I aspire to be as brave as you someday. I mean, I think the letter speaks for itself. Right. 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 It does. I mean, it, it's, it's even, even the, just the honesty about it. You know what I mean? Like the, cause most people, they, they gotta be pro just the honesty, the lowness of it, but just the, the, the way things are being thrown at the people, I, I guess I could say it this way. When we start to realize, hear me out on this. We start to realize that we're all American instead of Mexican, African, all these things. When we can get rid of these divides, I've said this a hundred times. I'll keep saying it. So I'm blue in the face. 
we would no longer have this minority. Only 12% of the, co- the population is black. So what? Are they citizens? They're, they're American. They're under the Constitution yeah. of the United States. Uh, what is it? 18% is Mexican, I think it is, Hispanic or you know, Latin. So the flip what? Are they American citizen? They're, they're Americans. We've got to quit this because that's where the divides come from. Mm-hmm. And this critical race theory, all these things, look, all it is is straight up. It's, I'll be honest with you, it's government. Yeah, there's always hatred, but it's always governments. And you know what? We picked a perfect topic this afternoon. Absolutely. So let's go to slide number two. This is story number two. I wanted to do something a little lighthearted. It is Father's Day, and what better way than to celebrate fantasy football and losing a bet in a fantasy football league? So this man tweeted his Waffle House punishment. He unfortunately fielded the worst team in his league. And as punishment, had to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours straight. (laughs) The best part was every waffle he ate cut an hour off of his time. So Lee Sanderlin in Brandon, Mississippi, did not have a good day. Um, We've seen other people punished. Uh, There have been those who have had to take the ACT. Um, There are those who have had to do a risque calendar for the other guys in the league. Um, some of this stuff gets pretty creative, but uh, I wanted to go through just some of his tweets. Just for the fun of it, I think you guys will have a laugh. So he started, I'm coming to you live from a Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my <laughs> fantasy football league. This was before he ordered his first two. As punishment, I spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every waffle I eat shaves an hour off the clock. It's 407 Central. Next tweet, two down. That means two hours down, 21.37 hours left roughly. Already my stomach is rumbling. Going to be a long one. Staff does not believe me that I'll be here that long. Little do they know. <laughs> An hour and ten into it. <laughs> one ten into it. Two more waffles and one human who is dead on the inside. <laughs> Four waffles down. Been here for one and a half hours, so that means I have 18.5 to go. I am already in immense discomfort. Please, somebody launch me into the sun. <laughs> Now, Sanderlin was feeling defeated. However, he came back to life, ordered a fifth waffle when somebody had used the restaurant's digital jukebox to play Eye of the Tiger. (laughs) It was like a Rocky Three training montage. He was back in it, folks. Wasn't even three hours into his Waffle House saga that he started asking his Twitter followers for thoughts and prayers. People were pulling for Sanderlin to triumph over the waffles. He tweeted later on, y'all, they're going down like cement now, and the heart is beating real heavy. Like, I'm the only non-employee in here. Got half a waffle six in so many hours. Oh, man, this is good. He continued, ha, 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 remember when I ordered a seventh waffle? Full crash and burn. Not going to finish it. My body is in revolt, shutting down. It's time to sit out for a while. Got to rest up for the stretch run. Right now I'm on pace to leave at 10.07 a.m. He he continued later on, we've entered peak boredom hours. All the staff went out for their smoke breaks. This waffle house doesn't feel like a waffle home with no one here. After nine waffles in 15 hours, Lee Sanderlin did the unthinkable mission accomplished. (laughs) 25-year-old gave sage advice to all his adoring fans. I recommend absolutely no one do this. (laughs) 
man, this is good. Oh, I this love is it, good, man. folks. So learn that lesson. Um, be very careful about who you pick for your <laughs> yeah, fantasy right. football team because you may get stuck in a Waffle House or worse. All right, folks, give it some likes, comments, and shares. That was actually good. <laughs> I kind of needed that right now, actually. Oh, man. Oh. P.S. Happy Father's Day, bro. Yeah, you know what, guys? To all the fathers out there who, and you know what? Even our founding fathers. Oh. Mm. Label down below who's your favorite founding father. But my dad's in town, actually. Yeah. Uh, it was great. My mother and father are here. They were able to be here with us. And uh, many of you guys know I'm an assistant pastor at a church. We just opened our first service at our new building, mm-hmm. which is exciting. But Mike, you're a papa, soon to be twice, three times. <laughs> yeah, you're a charm. Explain that story quick. <laughs> Oh, life man. lessons life lessons here i thought we were gonna put richard on blast, you put me on blast. <laughs> richard might get there yeah yeah just you wait richard you're laughing right now no mm-hmm. oh. all right so i'll tell the story so um melissa and i had well melissa and i melissa had had um some complications with our first son and so we had decided okay we're just not gonna do any more pregnancies we'll go ahead and adopt. And we had always had a heart for adoption, but we, you know, we figured we'd wait. And then when we figured out, okay, it's probably about time. Yeah. For real. She had some, some kind of complications on the, yeah, they, she ended up, she had a very bad blood clotting disorder and it, it almost cost us uh, through the pregnancy. We didn't realize she had it. Um, and so we got all of that solved, but <clears throat> so fast forward. And so we decided we would start the adoption process. And so we, we start this process. And at one point you have to make a substantial payment that yeah. in 72 hours after the payment, you, it's no longer refundable. So you got a 72 hour window to get your money back. Otherwise you're in it until you get a kid. So we put in <laughs> our money and about a week later, uh, found out she was pregnant. So we're actually not up one, we're up two. So that clears you up. So just be careful, you know, um, but trust in the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Just trust the Lord. Just trust him. <laughs> but, so Mike will be the father of three kids here pretty soon. At some point. <laughs> that's, that's some PTSD stuff right there. Yeah, buddy. I know. Oh, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. What, yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, but it's it's... It's Not a beautiful cool, dude. thing, dude. We're, I got three we're boys. Excited. You do. See, yeah, so I mean, it's and a girl. It is what it lucky. is. Lucky. Yeah. The dog. Lucky's like four kids. Yeah. Dude. Just on her own. Uh, yeah. She's insane. So, guys, look. Happy Father's Day. We we honor and love you fathers who are real fathers. Yes. Guys, I don't care what's being said out there, what what narratives being told. We need the patriarchy back too. Yeah. You know, I mean, we really do. <laughs> we we need we need masculinity back in our country again. I love that you said it and I agree with it, but to see how far we've come to where just saying I'd like to have the patriarchy back, that would be a clip splashed all across MSN, right? You know, yeah. no, who cares? But it, that's how far we've come is you're not even allowed to say, hey, I think an idea of, of a healthy patriarchy system is good. A healthy one. A healthy which one. Which is right? a balance of both. You know what I mean? Like men have their place in society. We see what happens with fatherless kids. We see what happens when we don't have fathers in the homes. Barack Obama said it, dude. It wasn't just me. It was a liberal who I didn't agree with anything, pretty much anything he did. But he even said fatherless homes create the chaos that we're seeing in society, right? Same thing now. Fatherless homes. And and then men who kowtow to the it's all about feminism and the patriarchy is bad. It's like, okay, so you weren't created for a purpose. You weren't created for anything. 
And men out there that you think that patriarchy is uh, ruling over a woman, that's where you're wrong. That's not a patriarch. You're just an a-hole at that point. Sorry. You're just a jerk at that point. That's not godly to rule over your woman. That's bull. If You should honor your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So before we start talking about what a patriarch really is, and if you guys want to be liberal and cut this up, listen to what I'm saying. The word of God commands us to love our wives, to honor them, to cherish them, to lift them up, to uh, exercise their spiritual gifts, to elevate them. So my wife's the CEO of Self-Evident Ministry, right? All those things. She's a bomb wife, bomb mother. She's awesome in the business world. My wife speaks, you know, preaches. She does everything I do. You know what I mean? So my wife is amazing, but I'm a father. And I'm a father to my kids, and we need that more in society right now. And you were using the example of Scripture, and Scripture, when it talks about the husband, Amen, it's telling John. the husband to sacrifice himself like Christ sacrificed himself for the church, Amen. which means being willing to give up your life for your exactly, wife. Exactly, dude. That's that's a Not whole step on different mandate. Dude, John Flick just said, a real leader serves. Uh, George exactly. Martinez said this, honor them like the gems they are. Right, Proverbs yeah. 31. Jesus is the ultimate leader and ultimate servant to all. Amen. That's exactly. Keep commenting, guys. This is awesome. This is so awesome. You guys are Christ, commenting. Christ himself said he came to serve. Exactly. Right? And so if he's supposed to be our example, we as men are supposed to follow that example. Exactly. Right. And we're looking at men who led. Paul who led was shipwrecked, beaten, all these things. He was a real man. He wasn't beaten up on women. You know what I mean? None of these guys were. Peter, J Jesus, none of them. You know what I mean? So our examples are spiritual. Yeah. They're of a higher caliber, a higher authority. You know what I mean? Funny, the, 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 word, the word of God says uh, Eve was deceived, but Adam sinned. It was Adam. Yeah. That, so yeah. all the responsibility lies on us, men. See what I'm saying? Leave your wife, leave your home, leave your kids. Don't blame God for the kids that you have. Because if they fall, it's on you. You lead. See what I'm saying? You want the, the men to be in lead because it falls on them. That's exactly the way God created it. And this goes back to that letter that that student wrote. Uh, when you take purpose away from young men and, and you take meaning away from them, what you're actually doing is you're robbing them of being men. Ooh. So they, they never become real men because Ooh. men have it innate within Come them on. for drive, for leadership, for adventure, for creativity, for competition, right? And we've, we've decided the APA itself has come out and said that things like aggressiveness and competitiveness are part of toxic masculinity. So now we're saying the things that make a man a man is toxic. Now, you can either be competitive in a healthy form, aggressive in a healthy form, or in an unhealthy form. But when you're a real man, what you are is a man who pushes forward for the good of everyone around you. You're a man who wants to explore and lead and blaze a trail. You want to create and develop and totally. protect and serve. You want to stabilize the things around you and create a more wholesome environment around you. 100%. That's dude. the heart of a man. And when, when we try to tear that out of men, tell me that's not satanic. Dude, you know, it's amen, dude. Tell me that's not satanic. You're destroying the way God designed things. There's a lady who just commented, Noel. She said, having a godly man as your husband allows you to be the woman God created you to be. Amen. Because, because you're free. You're actually, you're free to be able to do what God has created you to do. Because the man is taking care of what he needs to take care of. Wow. You're taking care of what you need to take dude, care of, right? Is, this is a real, this is good. We're getting a lot of comments cool. on here, dude. We hit something here. Yeah, Destiny said there's there's importance of having fathers. There's something that happens spiritually when we don't have fathers or distant fathers. That affects our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Yeah. See, how men, how we are to our children and our wives is how we reflect God. 
We are earthly representatives of the Father. Straight up. I firmly believe wives are the representation of the Holy Spirit because they have wisdom. You know what I mean? They see things. They help us. They 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 help guide our children and teach. I've told people I don't know we how teach. many times that this is kind of my motto. The Lord will speak through the wife to see if the husband is listening. Ooh. Men, how often? Ooh. How often is your wife given wisdom? And like, yeah, I heard that and, and I didn't listen. Yep. 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 I pushed it off. I didn't yep. listen. Didn't. This is good, guys. Thank you. Like we're hitting something here. Maybe we should talk about the patriarchy uh, and, and, and how it's been destroyed. And yeah. you know what? We need to talk about it. And we need to encourage men to be men. Guys, it's not wrong to be a man. Folks, it's not wrong to be white. It's not wrong to be black or Hispanic. It's not wrong to be any of that. God created you. Don't take the lie that you're somehow wrong for being a color. That's wrong. You're a child of the Lord when you're his redeemed. So don't you start bowing to this narrative out there because don't let the world dictate how God created you. And I want to take that into the male realm and I want to talk to men. So there's a lot of young men who are told by society or told by culture about what an actual man looks like. And then that image is attacked and said how that's toxic and don't be that, be the opposite. And so you really become confused because you're like, okay, what part of me is actually real man and what part of me isn't? I think a better way to do this contrast is to focus on what makes a man versus what makes a boy. Ooh. So what does a man do versus what does a boy do? How does a man approach something versus what a boy approaches something? A man doesn't run from fear. Come on, dude. A man stands courageously where he needs to stand. A man is careful. A man is disciplined. A man hears. A man is sensitive to those around him. A man takes care of the things he's supposed to take care of. A man is in control of the things that he can be in control of. And a man is understanding of the things he can't be in control of. That's right, dude. A boy is scared. A boy is nervous. A boy is anxious. A boy is flighty. A boy, a boy is desires. Selfish. He's selfish, selfish, right? Men aren't selfish. I didn't. Jesus himself said it. I did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister to. I didn't come to, to be served, but to serve, right? Men, boys are selfish. When I, when I was a child, I thought like a child, uh, spoke yeah. like a child, did as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. There is something mature that happens when you become a man. When you take that oath to love your wife forever, when you're on wedding day, something clicks in your heart. And if it hasn't, Mm -hmm. I doubt it was the Lord. Because when he calls you to a union like that, something flips where it's like, it's not about me anymore. Nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with my kids, my future kids, and my wife. And that's where it should be. As a matter of fact, Cinda just said this. Godly men are the covering of their families. They have the ability to speak life over their wives, children, and it's a beautiful thing to witness. Amen, dude. This is good. This is good stuff. And I want to take that man man versus boy comparison a little bit further for you guys. And I want you to picture like, okay, especially in that sense of desire, right? That, that sense of desire or selfishness. When you think about young adults, like 18 to 25 year olds, and they're acting very immature, what are they doing? They're acting very selfish. They're moving just on desires. They're, they're, they're just pushed forward by, by base instincts. And you would think that's how a boy acts, right? A boy just goes for what he wants. He just runs around and he does whatever he wants. He's going just by base instincts, by by brute attitude and desire and passion. Amen. A man is standing against just his desires and his passions and 
going through that and understanding, okay, what's good for others as well as myself and what's not good for others as yep. well as myself. You can have a man who is a superstar athlete and who's 25 and he is a man and he competes with everything he is, yet he is still a man in everything he does. And you can have a complete boy who is 25 years old and a superstar athlete. He's a great athlete, but man, he, he competes in a very selfish manner. He, he's against everybody else. He acts a fool whenever something doesn't go his way. You, that shows you the difference, what a man is and what a boy is. That's exactly is, right. You know? De desires from the Lord cause naturally in your heart to cultivate that. Desires of the flesh naturally cause you to cultivate yourself. Yeah. Big difference, dude. Are you getting better for yourself? Are you making yourself better as a man, as a husband, because of your wife and your children and honoring God? Or is it because of yourself? What are you after? What are your desires after? And that should tell you everything about your walk, right? Guys, comment below. Where do you see yourself now? And what are the things we need to change in our families? If we want to make this a topic, we'll totally make it a topic. Yeah, but I mean, we've got so much to hit on right now. And let's, I do think we need to probably jump into the... Juneteenth. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Let's cover Juneteenth. Should we should we should we say what the onset is on where we stand, or should we just kind of roll with it? Let's, let's go through the history it. first. Let's do it. Let's roll with it. So yesterday, come on, y'all. Yeah, it was Juneteenth. Um, I'm sure you've heard about this. Biden uh, officially declared Juneteenth to be a national holiday. So we thought we'd cover the history of it. We get into a little bit of of how we see things, and and a little surprise for you. We're not just going to rail against it saying this is some liberal progressive ideology, right? We're, we're going to dissect this thing a little bit. Ooh. So, good comment. Really good. Culture promotes boyhood over manhood because boys are easily manipulated and controlled. Amen to that. Woo. Ain't that the truth? Wow. Keep you a boy, they guys, can control keep you forever. Commenting. You guys are amazing, yeah. man. Seriously, good stuff, guys. And and we can round good back stuff. to that stuff after the Juneteenth. Seriously, if you guys yeah, want. this is good, dude. So on June 19th, for you guys, 1865, man. Major General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas with orders to occupy the Confederate state, to occupy Texas. He stood on the balcony in the center of town and he read General Orders Number 3. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. This was two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, people will point to this and say, see, this was when the slaves were actually freed. The Emancipation Proclamation, that didn't do enough. This is the official date of when slaves were freed. Let's get into the numbers a little bit because I know what happens is you tend to gloss over the dates, but the dates are very important Keep in going, this whole dude. story. I love this. Okay, so the ceasefire of the Army of Northern Virginia came on April 9th. So you go, okay, well, that was before. Well, guess what? The final ceasefire, the agreement of the Shenandoah came on November 6th, 1865. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation came two and a half years before Juneteenth. The Emancipation Proclamation was given by Lincoln, who was the president of the northern states. Did you know the Confederate states had their own president? They did. Jefferson Davis. So you had a president of a, another nation giving the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, Massey, if China decided to give a proclamation oh, oh, over the on. U.S., would you follow it? No. Would I care? No, because they're not constitutional. They're not of our government precisely there you go now you may say yeah but the confederates were wrong 
that may be, but you need to see it through their eyes is they were seeing Lincoln's a tyrant. We wanted to secede and Lincoln is unconstitutionally keeping us in the United States. Yes. He's against us. He's our enemy. Why would we follow what our enemies say? And if you guys do your own little homework, I would research this if I was you. And I've read many sites on this, many blogs. Uh, there's a book called The Real Lincoln. There was a lot more slavery happening in the North than there was in the South. The Emancipation Proclamation proves that just a document does nothing for liberty. Thank does you. nothing for freedom. And I'll tell you this, Juneteenth, we'll, we'll get into our personal opinions about it, but this whole Juneteenth date thing, we are totally honoring of the fact that they were finally yeah. released as free men. Absolutely. Right? The problem is, does government have that authority? It was government that enslaved you. Continue. Thank you. So this came before the final ceasefire, which means there was still a war going on. Yeah, you had the ceasefire agreement in Virginia in April, but you didn't have the final ceasefire until November. Right. So there was still a war going on right. when the Union marched into Texas and forced Texas to free their slaves. Now, we can all cheer and say, good, that those slaves were finally freed. But you have to understand, Juneteenth makes it sound like, oh, they just didn't want to give up their slaves. And so the Union had to march in and force them to because they were being invaded by a foreign enemy. Well, domestic, but foreign at the same time. They were being invaded by an enemy. You wouldn't just give up something because China came in and said, hey, you need to give this up. They'd have to put a gun to your head. That's exactly right. Force. That's what was going on here. Force. Now, and we're going to get into this whole idea of force because this is where where we're like, we we celebrate the freeing of slaves, but it was government that was making the issue in the first place. So let's be careful about how we're celebrating government giving you what government took away. By the way, we're not saying the South was right for having slaves. No, no. Please no. understand that. No, what we're saying is you got to look through their eyes to understand, like, this wasn't Juneteenth was, was okay, everybody finally, all right, we'll give up our slaves. No, they were still technically in a war, okay? Yes, I mean, it's just like much. And let me let me kind of throw this analogy. Yeah, go it's for just it. like us invading Iraq, right? For, right? for for liberty and freedom. Does America then just go in and say, you know what, we're going to stop Saddam Hussein? Whatever your opinion on that is, I know mine. I know that was a great war for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Twenty years, and our government is still spending a ton of crap money. And I hate endless, useless wars, but that's what's been happening. But for the sake of saying Saddam Hussein, we got to free them. Does America then say, fine, we're America now? We just took over Iraq. Because we didn't like the way you were treating your people. That's what we're saying. As much as I disagreed with how maybe Iraq was treating its people, Palestine, whatever, right. all these things, right? Things happening. In the, that is their issue. Do we get involved? Exactly. Yeah. Why do we get involved? Unless, and, and if we're supposed to get involved, why is it not through diplomacy, only by force? There's something wrong with that. We were never supposed to use force, ever. So people will say that Juneteenth was the day that the slaves were freed. This, this happened in Galveston, Texas. And the slaves would come back as an anniversary to celebrate that day where the union came in and said, no, you're free. Now, Ooh. the 13th Amendment was ratified in December of 1865. This is when it was constitutionally abolishing slavery in the U.S. So if you want a day to fully celebrate the freeing of the slaves, celebrate the day that the 13th Amendment was ratified. That's exactly right. But let me point this out to you. So... Everybody will point the finger at, at the white people for enslaving and say how, you know, they weren't the Southern white people were not giving up their slaves. It was June 14th, 1866, when the Creek tribe agreed to abandon slavery as an institution. 
So the last ones to officially hold on to slavery were the tribe of the Creek Indians. It was not just white people. Oh, hey. I'll let that hang there. Um, and don't forget, we've got a long history of proactively attempting to outlaw slavery. You had slave trade being abolished in the North by 1804. You had states like Rhode Island and Connecticut passing bills banning slavery in 1843 and 1848. You had New Hampshire passing a final abolition bill in 1857. Okay, so this process had begun, and it was moving forward and forward and forward. You had states that were holding on. During the Constitution, the ratification of the Constitution, during the writing of the Constitution, you had two states, South Carolina and Georgia, who were basically, even in the Declaration of Independence, they didn't want a phrase that was talking about one of the grievances against the king being the continuation of the slave trade. Georgia and South Korea, South Korea, South Carolina were going to refuse to sign unless that phrase was taken out. Thomas Jefferson even has writings complaining about how those two states held it up. Okay, so... It's not that everybody was unified that, hey, slavery was great. They were fighting about it. They were arguing because some states saw it as economically perfect and viable. Other states were saying, this isn't a, 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 what's the word? Abomination against men. So it's commented that Juneteenth was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And once again, that gets into, it was still in a war, guys. So. Let's get into this. Mass Juneteenth. What is why are we talking about it in the sense of hey, let's let's yeah. let's let's start yeah, to kind of let's piece it together. Pull all this apart and put it yeah. back together. So so let's piece it together. Carrie just commented something that is exactly my point. We're celebrating government giving back what government took away in the first place. Right. My whole thing and Carrie, thank you for that comment. What a, what a great comment. Uh, Jonathan just said triggered <laughs> about <laughs> the hashtag, Indian hashtag thing. Yeah, triggered. Hashtag triggered. So here's my position. Does everybody agree that people need to be free? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know why? Because God created you free. The declaration is very clear about that. All men are created equal. You're going to say to me, well, Thomas Jefferson wrote that Thomas Jefferson had slaves. If you know anything about Virginia law, he could not release his slaves until his wife died or if the person that owned them had died. So that's the only way he could relieve, release slaves. So, yes. And I think he had I can't remember how many the number it was over 100. Yeah, he and one of the things was it looks like he had a lot of debt and it was property. And so he knew his kids would be saddled with all of this debt. They, they would be saddled with a ton of debt. So he couldn't really get rid of him if he was going to take care of his kids. Give or take. Is that moral or right? I, and at the time, it was it was it an accustomed to him. Yeah, yeah, it was an accustomed practice. One yeah. second, he helped William Wilberforce abolish slavery. So I'm just going to get this out of the way. Go for he it. wanted emancipation. He absolutely did. He did. So did Washington. Or so did Washington. Adams. All these guys talked about it. Now there were some in our camp who did love slavery because it was a money making thing. We get that. There were some of the founders that totally agreed with slavery, but. This is why there was a 20-year provision, which I still don't agree with. I wish they had just abolished it right away. There was a 20-year provision. The three-fifths clause is not about slavery. It's about taxation. Please do your own homework on this. Why are we talking about Juneteenth? Because government does not have the right to tell you that you're free. It's already written. God created you. You see the reason what happens. You see the thing that happens when we get rid of God? Then now man tells us when we're free or not, i.e. COVID. And COVID is a prime example of that. 
let me head this argument off at the past. What what people will say is it was capitalism that instituted slavery. Sure. Except for it was government institution and law that said if a slave escaped, that that was criminal act. Ooh. That the owners had the right to go and find their slaves and bring them back or punish them. I think it's so funny. They say that capitalism created slavery when the socialism that they're fighting for is what slavery is, that we're still in hock to a government. It is not capitalism that created slavery. It is man that created slavery. It's hatred. And men do it today. If you're in a crappy job that you're working nine to five at that you're getting paid minimum wage at and you're working your butt off and you don't get any kind of benefit, any kind of, you know, anything like that. That to me is a modern day slave. You're not getting paid your wage or your worth. No, you agree to the contract. It's not the employer's fault. It's you. You agreed to the contract, right? But if we're going to talk about slavery, right, why does the government enslave people into welfare? Why is it we're complaining about, oh, my gosh, we need more tax money. You shouldn't. Uh, was it Bernie Sanders talks about a minimum wage? And he says, oh, my gosh, you can't live on 40 hours a week. Biden just said it now. It's, a, it's not right that people work 40 hours a week and they can't make a living wage. Yeah, because you're taxing the crap out of them to give to people who won't work. You give it to foreign nations that are destroying America. You're giving it to programs and public schools that are destroying what America is. You're also letting people off the hook. You're, you're, you're giving raises to congressmen and senators who don't do anything and yourself, not a raise. I'm saying you don't do anything yourself. It's the truth. And that's been the problem this whole time. Government. We're sitting here praising government for telling blacks that they're free. I'm telling you, God already said you're free. He created you. Government was created by the free people. We put them in power. They don't have the right to tell me I'm free. I'm telling them that I'm already free. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. And it's it's become a holiday. It's it's officially now a federal holiday. It's federally celebrated. And it's it's kind of frustrating to watch because it very much feels like just a political ploy to drum up base voters. Uh, it, it Come just, on. It just bring just it on. feels like throwing some treats to some people. That's exactly right. You know? Why is it that now we're kowtowing to percentages of people? I just said it before. Why are we talking about gay pride when they're Americans? Why are we talking about African-Americans, Mexican-Americans when they're Americans? Why are we kowtowing to certain certain groups? Why are we doing that? Why do we keep throwing bones at people? We just talked about gay pride. They don't care about you. They care about the money they're making. And why is it they equated sin with skin in this month? Why? Why? Because they're blurring the lines, folks. They're blurring the lines. Sin is no longer sin anymore. They don't want you to think sin is sin. They want you to tolerate it. And that's been the problem this whole time. We tolerate it. And we sit here and we tell our kids, oh my gosh, you better be careful what you say for what? No man has the right to determine what you say and what what context you say it in. If they can muzzle you now as a Christian, they will muzzle you more in the future. They will take away your free speech. If they take away free speech, we're no longer Christian anymore as a nation. We can't be because we can't preach the gospel. The bottom line is, dude, the gospel confronts 99% of the problems in America. It's whether or not we're willing to listen exactly. to it. And you know what people say? It's because you're intolerant and you don't love. No, no, no. You don't love God. You hate God. The Bible says that. The pride, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God, it says in Psalms. Or I'm sorry, in, in Proverbs. God is not in all of his thoughts. It, it, becomes, it really becomes a choice, right? You either choose your sin, your directive, your your life, your pleasures, or you choose God. And 
scripture itself says, look, you cannot serve God and money at the Thank same you. time, right? And, and it really boils down to sin or God. You can't serve sin and serve God at the same time. So, of course, if you're going to uphold your sin, you're going to uphold the choices that you make, the, the behavior that you have, the lifestyle, that you, however you want to describe it, you're going to set your face against God because God is the one who's telling you, no, that's not right. 100%. Which comes back to pride because what pride says is, I'm right, you're wrong. Exactly, dude. And that's oh, no, that's ahead. that's exactly why Satan fell because Satan looked at God and said, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And Satan told man Come to on, start dude. looking at the situation that way. I'm right, you're wrong. Why? I'm right, I'll eat the apple, I'll figure out good and evil, I'll have my eyes open, as opposed to God says, don't eat of that tree. So what Adam actually said was, no, I'm right, you're wrong, God. So He's Gal- right, you're wrong. No, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not be let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now that's spiritual, right? Take it to the natural though. If I know in my heart that I am free, if I'm free, and God made me free, then why do I need a man to tell me that I'm free when I know I'm free? See, this has been my biggest complaint, right? As Christians, think about this as a Christian. If God made me free, why would he make me free only spiritually, not naturally? Why? That makes no sense. Why would he liberate people if he didn't want freedom? And that's that's a big thing on this is freedom we tend to only put it into the physical category or in the spiritual category. And I think a lot of times what happens is people allow sin and evil to take place and take root. And so then freedom of the physical is no longer a viable option because you've released it to man. You've subjected yourself to man and to Satan. Because if you're not serving God, you're serving Satan, right? Exactly. So when we see something happen where like, North Korea or China or Russia, wherever you want to go, that there's been tyranny and dictatorships and oppression. Look at who the people have allowed to take control. That's exactly look right. At dude. Who the people have allowed to be over them, the people who have decided we want it this way, or they've allowed the voices that are saying we want it this way to speak. Bring that to America. Dude, destiny right. just hit exactly what I was going to hit on my next point when we're talking about Juneteenth. Why don't we give the same energy to sex trafficking where most porn is sex trafficking? Why aren't we freeing those people? Why haven't we gone after that industry? Why haven't we gone after that industry, church? Why? Why haven't we gone after that industry? Why? Why? Why are we so concerned about being right with the gay people, right, and celebrating Juneteenth? Again, awesome. We're all free. That's my point. We're already free. And most will dispute me on this and say, well, that hasn't been for a long time. No, 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 no. Man has told you it hasn't been that way for a long time. If you had Jesus as your identity, you know you're free. You know you're free. No man can tell you anything. You know how I know that? Watch Harriet Tubman. Read her story. Free woman who went out. She escaped slavery and set 900, over 900 people free. And what did she say about the other ones? They didn't know they were slaves. They didn't figure it out. That Galatians 5, 1 scripture I was talking about, think about this. You know what it was talking about? They were going back under the law instead of submitting to Christ. Same thing in America. We're going back to politicians to look for our freedom instead of understanding the spirit of liberty that we have in America. 
The spirit of liberty exists in you because of God. You know why you feel violated all the way around? You even who are liberal? Because God put the spirit of liberty in you. The spirit of liberty exists in America. And now the world is telling you that America was founded as a genocidal nation. And it hated blacks. It hated foreigners. No, it didn't. Do you know how many people were foreigners when America was made? Seriously, there were foreigners already. <laughs> they were all foreigners, right? <laughs> it was literally a revolution. We weren't yeah. fighting a foreign nation. We were fighting our nation. And they're doing it again. Why are they creating so much civil unrest? And I'm talking about media and government because of this. Why is Democrat and Republican always against each other? That's why we're not, I mean, at least me, not Democrat or Republican, because of what they're creating in dissension. Mm -hmm. You know why I'm not Trump or Biden or Trump or Biden? Because I don't believe in man. I believe in God. And God can use a man, amen, but I don't promote the man, I promote the Lord. And I promote law, because law is existing, right? And yes, were there Jim Crow laws, but that was not in the Constitution. Well, and that's government establishment, right? Exactly. Government established segregation, Jim Crow. Government established slavery laws, forcing you to keep a hold of your laws, giving it um, uh, strength behind the law in order to be able to pursue after your escaped slaves, Right giving laws that you could bring your slaves back 100 percent, it supported slavery laws did government did and what we're trying to say is liberty should not be given to you by government it should be protected by government right exactly That's what government should be doing is protecting, protecting your, your rights. liberty protecting your rights as all men who are created equal so a city and a city and on YouTube just said this Democrats in the 1880s invented segregation and Jim Crow laws that lasted through the 60s. Yep. Democrats also came up with a separate but equal rationale that justified segregation. Yes. And it's the same ones. Isn't, isn't it interesting that all of a sudden we're still talking about separate but equal? We have universities that are having separate graduation ceremonies. Ooh. And we, we want to go back to all have, black colleges now. We have separate dorm rooms. We have application processes for jobs that are saying no white men are allowed to apply. Funny how this is working to where all of a sudden we are separating by identity. And that is such a scary issue. And before you say, well, you're just scared because you're a white man. No, I'm scared because we're turning people against each other based on how they look or their color. Exactly. And you're not That's scared. That's dangerous. You're not scared. You're warning people, man. Yeah. We're not in fear of this. I mean, what, what we I've fear... already said, I may end up in a gulag. I've already accepted it. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to fight until I die. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, we're hearing a lot of this right now that it's going to get worse. You know, it's going to get worse out there. And, and I don't know what, whether to believe that or not. Um, and that's cool if you do. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not negating that. But what I'm saying is God put us on this earth to combat spiritual warfare because this is all spiritual, dude. And one thing... This is spiritual oppression to the max. I, I want to I fight back against a misconception that's, that's happening. And it was in that letter that we read at first, and it's in this situation. Immediately, you'll be told white men enslaved black people. And so, therefore, white men are evil. I have to ask you this question. What color was the man who put the Emancipation Proclamation into force? What color was the man who marched into Galveston, Texas? What color were the men who fought in the Union Army and died? 
what color were many of the churches that forwarded the abolition movement during the 1840s, 50s, and 60s? Keep it going, dude. What color were the men who wanted to put that slavery was a grievance that the king had committed against totally, foreign peoples? Dude. Totally. We cannot just decide that one group is monolithically evil. That would be akin to us saying that all black people are evil, or all Asians are evil, or all Mexicans are evil, right? Latinos, however you want to describe race, right? right? Latinos, whatever. As soon as you decide that one group is purely evil, it gives you the right to go after them. It creates a, a caricature out of somebody. Exactly, dude. And, and we do it both personally and we do it communally. If you can <clears throat> other somebody. Thank if, you. If, if I can create Straight tribalism, other, I build tribalism. And then I build, you're an enemy that has no good whatsoever because I've painted this on top yep. of you. Yep. And now because the world is trying to call good evil and evil good, think about this. When the whole fight in the spiritual war is against good and evil, when our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, I can't fight this in the flesh. So I can only fight this by knowledge by giving you more knowledge, by giving you more wisdom, right? Because knowledge destroys, or lack of knowledge destroys, the Bible says in Hosea. People are destroyed because they lack knowledge, right? So we're giving you knowledge. And when you keep pitting people against each other, you've, un, you've now allowed Satan to divide you. And what is the number one thing that the Bible talks about? Unity. Yeah. He commands us blessing in unity, dude. And this just hit me. I want to I add this. It's a little bit of an aside, but be very careful of the revolution that never ends. Ooh, why is it there is still a revolution in Cuba? Come on, dude, hit that a little bit. Right? Why is there still a revolution in Cuba? Cuba, Cuba, there is no, <laughs> uh, there's no enemy to the Communist Party in Cuba. But guess right? who, guess who always stays in but authority? They, they're always in authority, yet they still say, "Hey, we're still doing this revolution." Now, here's where this this attaches. One of the, the things that happens with Juneteenth is that Juneteenth becomes a revolution or a protest holiday. And there are plenty of groups who point to it as this is our protest holiday because so much racism still exists and we still have to fight. Notice the revolution continues. That revolution will not end. You want to know why? We're going to tie this back spiritually because the topic of forgiveness and repentance has been washed away. And we've talked about this a lot. This is getting talked about more across other areas that there is an issue of original sin in this whole topic of you are racist and that's the original sin, but you have no forgiveness and you are not allowed to repent. Dude, come on. Because you can't because it's part come of on. your genes. And so one of the issues, look, if we want to celebrate the freeing of the slaves on Juneteenth, by all means, I'm totally for celebrating. What concerns me is this quickly gets twisted into totally. a protest holiday. It quickly gets turned into, see, that was just one step, and there's so much more racism and, and oppression that's going on here. And your revolution will never end. Totally, dude. And you know what? Why are there endless wars? Right? It keeps man in authority, dude. Why is there no peace? Because it keeps man in authority. And the word, the word talks about this. Wars, rumors of wars, it'll always be endless. Uh, woe to them who call evil good. And the Bible says woe to them. Listen to me closely, guys, because this is, I don't care if you think, oh, that's Old Testament. Listen to me. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, it says in Isaiah. Listen to me. That word woe means damn them. God damn them. 
because that now they're taking the standard of the Christian and what we follow as the Lord and making it damnable. And I find it funny that the that the Islamic people are staying silent about this. Oh man, they're, when their law is very yeah. clear about what they believe about gays. Yeah. And nobody hears about them. Why? Because they're silent evil. That silent evil man is real and it destroys nations. Dude, Hitler did the same thing. They stay silent. They just start to use you. And you know what? When they're done with you, they spit you out. They and, don't care about you. And that's exactly what I was going to say too is there's an old proverb, especially in the Middle East, that my enemy's enemy is my friend. Oh, that's uh, uh, Sun Tzu? No. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean, Sun Tzu may have had it too, but I know it was popular in the Middle East as well. And this idea is you look at this in Western culture. Which is going to be the bigger enemy? The Abrahamic faiths that are adversaries to Islam or secular liberals? Now, right now, Islam's going to saddle up and, and connect Arthur Shastra. to Arthur Shastra. Arthur Shastra. Arthur Shastra. Hmm. Um, um, Islam's going to saddle up to, to liberal, secular liberals. Why? Because it's kind of a Trojan horse. Ooh. Because secular liberals are very vehemently against Christianity. Uh, they tend not to like the Jews either. Right. Um, the, the establishment religion, the, the, the foundational religion, Islam wants to take down the foundation anyways. Islam's a lot like communism in the sense that you have to wipe out the old foundation, the old pillars, get rid of all of it, so that then you can institute your new one. You noticed that when ISIS was running its way through the Middle East, what were they doing? They were destroying old artifacts. They were destroying old monuments, statues. They were destroying old buildings, <clears throat> anything that pointed back to the old. Exactly. They got rid of it to rebuild their own. This is happening right now is you're not seeing a lot about Islam in this whole issue because the Christians are taking all the heat. And Islam knows, well, we'll just wait till the Christians get pushed out of the way. Then we'll go after the secular liberals. Then we'll start throwing gays off rooftops. And guys, because they're not going to use words. No. They won't use words. I promise you guys, they will not use words. They'll use force. Once they've overcome and conquered, man, they'll use force. And it's not all Muslims, duh. I'm not saying that. But there are... There's, it's, there's a movement there's of a movement. oppression, right? <laughs> there's a stinking movement, man. Do you honestly think you can get away with sin before God? Look at nations in the past. This isn't an angry cry. I weep for this nation. We can't get away from this. You kill babies, God will return that, man. Not because he's a vindictive God, but because we reap what we sow. It is not God's judgment. We judge ourselves by our actions. Yeah. Our fruit shows. God did not make me chubby. It was my choices in food. I'm serious. I'm not being funny. I can't blame God and say, you judged me, man. I hate that. Why did you make me this way? Crap. I weep for this nation thinking about you allow sin, right, to tolerate. And church, you should be weeping for the nation too. You should be on your knees in prayer for this nation. And not only that, get up off your legs and go out and do something for this nation, for Christ. Because the gospel needs to be preached. Oh, they won't believe. They're too hard-hearted. Really? Why do we have to go to foreign nations then? You think they ain't hard-hearted? In America, the spirit of God won't be contained. Just because people are against it in the media does not mean it's all people. And guess what? You're supposed to go to the, Wasn't Paul hard-hardened? Saul? Wasn't Paul hard-hardened? Pharaoh, who God turned his heart 10 times? 
This is a rallying cry for us to go to the streets, not to be more secluded, but to go out there and do something for Jesus Christ. This is hope. When you do something with the truth that you've been given, that's hope. That's hope. That's where we find our life. You want to you, you wanna know what your purpose is? Do something. That's what Thomas Jefferson said. You, you want to find your purpose? Don't ask. Act. Actions will delineate, delineate and define you, he said. And a lot of times people will ask, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. There's got to be something that moves you. And there's got to be something within your realm that you can do. How often are we given opportunities that we don't take advantage of? You will have stuff come up, whether it's your kid's school, whether it's at your church, whether at your business, where you have an opportunity to step a little bit out from your comfort zone. And you're going to have that choice of, well, I can either sit home on the couch on Tuesday night or I can go to this school board meeting. Which am I going to do? Maybe you should step out and say, you know what? I'm not going to be comfortable tonight. I'm really passionate about making sure that I know what the school board is instituting. So I'm going to go to the school board meeting. You know what? You might be bored at that school board meeting, but you might get a chance to say something. Yep. You, you actually might be able to change something. And folks, I'm telling you, the only thing that gets me impassioned is I feel like, Lord, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. I, I love what we do, man. I love pastoring and I love having this ministry and going on speaking and preaching and going to board meetings and council meetings and all these things. But man, Lord, what else can we do? Because God never needed a majority, dude. He could just use you to change a nation. And that's what I love. Moses changed an entire country's destiny, man, by obedience. Mm -hmm. Right? Here, I'll say this too. Achan changed the course of a nation too when he sinned. So sin can change a nation too, right? But God is so faithful. Why would he give us the Spirit of God only to drop us in the end? Why? That doesn't make sense to me. And are we going to deny the power of the Holy Spirit and say that, well, it's too far gone? At that point, we're really denying the power of the Holy Spirit, Thank right? you, dude. To not have an effect about in the sphere around us or even the nation. And so we have to move in hope and faith that the Lord is going to deliver. Yeah. Now, however the Lord chooses to deliver, but I'm at least going to be faithful to the Holy Spirit and follow what the Spirit is telling me in order to protect and defend the little sphere that he's given me. And if he chooses to expand it, so be it. Then I have to be ready yeah. to protect and defend come on. through reliance on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's that's where your courage and your faith should come from, right? So as, as we talk about all of this, right, we're always trying to give you guys some hope. And we're trying to give you a direction on what can you do. Now, a lot of times, it, well, you're just telling me to act. Yes, because sometimes it takes stepping out the door because you never know where it will take you, right? You may head out somewhere that you never thought you would be. Totally. But it takes steps and it take it can take years. I, I never in a million years would have imagined that I'm here doing what I'm doing. I always swore I was never going to move to Florida. I was like, I never want to move to Florida. Do not want to go. Don't want to be there. No, thank you. Man, the Lord has one heck of a sense of humor. He sure does, dude. He knows right? it. He knows how to do crazy things, man. And I love it. And that's, you know why? That's the beautiful part. It's like, I love palm trees. <laughs> I've sworn to myself to never take palm trees for granted. It's like, okay, Lord, I can see the beauty in where you've put me. That's right. And dude. I will accept it and enjoy it. That's right, right? man. And I, I think, too, the only reason he does crazy things is because only he can get the glory out of it. If yeah. we see, that's what's so cool. When he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he basically scrubbed that way. They couldn't go back. 
Why? So they wouldn't return and say, we put ourselves here. He said, yeah. nope, I did it. And I think once we start to realize that they can try to scrub history, God will create a new one. He'll create a new destiny. And you know what? You cannot abate the spirit of liberty. The spirit of liberty always exists, even through flawed people. Because again, let's say America gets resurrected. Just, just throwing it out there, hypothetically, yeah. in 100 years, we allowed sex trafficking. We allowed abortions. What are our kids going to say about us in 100 years? Think about this. Yeah. So let's say it gets... God has mercy. He spares America, right? We come back on the, on, we print real money instead of like fake money like we've been doing. And inflation is crazy, which we should cover again, uh, crippling us right now with inflation, right? Prices are skyrocketing on things. All these things are happening because we don't follow law. We don't follow God, right? And we depend on ourselves and credit and all these other things when God totally gave us the liberty to walk in freedom. This dude, this just hit me and, and quick. 30 second thought, because I know we're running out of time. Uh, you brought up inflation, monetary policy and all of that. Isn't it funny that the Lord tells us to use accurate scales? Ooh. Ooh. What is our monetary policy right now? Are we using accurate scales? No. no, we're printing money out of thin air and expecting it to have integrity. We have nothing balancing the scale in our monetary policy. It's all just printed money. Because we decide we're going to separate from the gold, which that's that's a whole different discussion. It right? is, but and do a you, silver standard. Do you see, because you could say, well, the Bible doesn't really say anything about the Fed and financial policy and monetary policy, but it does because we have no scale now, balancing. The Lord said accurate scales. Yep. We don't have an accurate scale anymore, Not anymore. for our money. Not anymore. There's no balance. That's exactly right. And and, and again, you know what? You, you You'll know a government is oppressive when it can do the things that you can't. If you had a printing machine downstairs in your basement, we don't have basements in Florida, but if we did and we could, and we <laughs> could print money, thing. we would go in jail. We, for a long for, time. For fraud. For a long time. For fraud. The government always wants us to be held accountable by taxes. How come they aren't? How come government's not held accountable? How come not we're not auditing, auditing the Fed or destroying the Fed for that reason, mm -hmm. the Federal Reserve? Right. There's just a ton of stuff that we could talk about. You'll know a government is oppressive when it does things that you can't. Seriously, that's exactly what they've been doing. And it, this is the point it's come to. And now, you know what? Here we are talking about this because we love our country. We love what God gave us. We love God. We love liberty. We just do. So, so that being said, we did not actually we didn't get to the life lesson section today, but I. I feel like we kind of hit it we in a way. We kind of did. I know. think we did. Um, I, next week, we'll hit some life lesson stuff because I, I do have some stuff that I'm, I like I'm that. learning. Yeah, I, I love doing I've it. I've got a lot you know? to talk about yeah, life lessons. Both, both of us do. I've, I've been learning a ton in the past couple of weeks and how sinful and wicked of a man I am, right? Thank that's you. Dude, that's, that's the mark of growing in maturity and wisdom is when the more you realize how foolish you are. Exactly. And I'm not boasting that, hey, I'm a wise guy. No, it's more, I you realize really how far I guy. am a wise guy. So, guys, do not forget to check us out on theselfevidenttruth.com. Don't forget some merch. Socialism t-shirts are going like hotcakes. Yeah, Be sure boy. to get yourself one. Yeah, Starts boy. Starts amazing conversations. You can get that at 1776truth.store. Don't forget to check us out on all the social media platforms. We're on all the big ones. Be sure to leave reviews. Do the five stars or the one star, whatever you feel. 
be sure to leave the likes or the dislikes, the comments, shares, whatever you want to do, but just interact. We love the interaction. We love all the comments. Thank you so much for commenting, guys, being active with us. Uh, any comments before we leave or we go? No, nah, man. Just all keep right. sharing the videos. Yeah. Guys, we thank you for your support because it's pretty amazing to see all supporting it's us. It's a blast. And I've, awesome. I've had more and more people coming up to me, especially at church, talking about the podcast. And guys, mm -hmm. thank you so much. I love it when you do. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts, what you're learning, what you want to learn, right? But we just, we appreciate the feedback and we appreciate that you guys are paying attention and listening and hopefully, hopefully learning something from us. So with that, I'm Mike. We got Mass Dog. Dog. Guys, we love you. Have a great night. Adios.